Today's gospel, we hear the Beatitudes according to Luke. And one thing that's different about the Beatitudes according to Luke is that firstly, it's only half as long a list as St. Matthew. Now in St. Matthew's gospel, that's the one that we hear more and we probably are more familiar with. Blessed are, for they shall. Blessed are, for they shall. Eight times. And it's, a, it's kind of a contradiction at times. Even today, we hear, blessed are you for who are crying, for you're going to laugh. The difference, though, in Luke's gospel, as opposed to Matthew's gospel, is that not only does Luke have the kind of, these, these statements that don't quite make sense, that seem to contradict themselves, but he also, at the end, throws in some woes. Woe to you. Woe to you, woe to you, and woe to you. So basically we can sum it up as, blessed are you that have not, for you will have. Woe to you who have, for you will have not. Now this may not seem like, a, like, like okay, what does that got to do with me? But I, I, as I was praying and thinking about this scripture, I couldn't help but think about when I was on one of my first mission trip experiences. We were going with the seminary. I was going to Guatemala um, with my classmates, and it was going to be just an awesome week of, of serving the poor and helping out somebody in another country that's pretty destitute. And I remember we went visit people's houses, and I mean, you're talking rooms that are no bigger than the altar with a dirt floor and six people living there. All these different kind of like unbelievably humbling moments and I remember on our way into, the, into Escapulas, the, the town we were going to serve, we stopped for a night in Guatemala, Guatemala City. And that, that night we had a meeting with like some different teachers and professors from the area. And as we were talking to them, one of the things they told us, like we broke into these small groups and they were like, what are you wanting to do on this trip? What is it that you want to do on this trip? And I remember sitting there in my, you know, kind of like macho way. I was like, well, we're going to come over here. We're going to fix these people's problems. And then we're going home. And I remember thinking that, like, I remember saying, I was like, we're going to come and we're going to like fix some stuff for people, make their life a little bit easier and then head home. And, and, and while that seems like a very noble idea, that seems like something that would make a lot of sense. The teacher kind of sat back and was like, mm-hmm. She said, I'm going I'm to challenge you not to go with that mindset. And I was like, what you mean? She says, I'm going to challenge you to not go in this mindset of being a savior for these people. But instead, go in the mindset, go in a disposition of learning from these people. And I was kind of thrown off. I was like, yeah, okay, sure. Well, when we were sitting in that one house that was no bigger than 10 by 10 with, with a dirt floor, holes in the roof, sheet metal was the walls, that's it. And a woman was living there with her kids. I still remember the, the generosity of that woman when we walked in and this woman literally had nothing. And the first thing she did was she made us coffee and gave us a piece of bread. She gave us something out of her poverty out of her hunger, she was going to share. 
And I realized afterwards, like praying with it more and more and more, that you know what? I didn't need to be her savior because she already had one. What I needed to learn from, my, from, from Miss Dolores, which is translated Our Lady of Sor- like from Our Lady of Sorrows, her name was Sorrow. Like, I remember what I needed to learn from her was how to have the Savior, how to have Jesus be the Savior of my life in that way. Blessed are those who do not have, for you will. Like this was an expression of the Beatitudes and it was right in front of me. And it taught me a ton by a small piece of bread and a cup of coffee. You see, I think us in, in, in our world, in our culture, in the United States, like we have a lot. And the thing is, is that the poor teach us what it means to not have. There was a, a bishop that was, that was serving in the Caribbean, and a friend of mine had a chance to talk to him, and they were talking about these different things, and he said, the people I worry about in my country are not the poor. It was like they were going on a vacation, they ended up doing some mission work while they were there, they ended up talking to the bishop, and their, their question to him was very simple. It was like, look, you have all these poor people, they're destitute, and they're five miles away from the resort. Like, what are y'all doing to help them? What are y'all doing to lift them out? And he said, my people, the people I'm worried about is not the poor. The people I worry about are the rich. I, worry, I don't worry about the people who have to rely on God for everything. I, rely on, I, I, I worry about the people who have everything that they need because they feel like they don't have to rely on the Lord. If we think about this, like I was raised by, so my family on both sides were farmers. And a farmer understands that kind of mindset that no matter what I do, no matter how much effort and, and like sweat that I put into the land, if it doesn't rain, I don't get. There's a reliance on God that keeps us humble. There's a reliance on God that keeps the person humble. And today, our scripture talks about this. If we think about it, what are the things that our culture say is going to make us happy? What are the things that our culture continues to tell us over and over and over again, the lies that our culture continues to tell us over and over again are going to make us happy? It's the four woes from today. Woe to you that are rich. Our culture loves telling us that, that it's money. It's, that's what's going to make us happy. More. There's a movie, um, Wall, Street, Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps, that there's a point where the guy, he looks at, there's this guy, he's a, he's a Wall Street broker, and the guy says, what's your number to walk away? And he looks at him and he says, my number is more. Greed. Our, our culture continues to tell us that more and more and more money is going to help us, is going to make us happy, and it won't. Look at the second piece. Woe to you that are full now. More stuff. More food. Decadence. What we're going to live in, our, like living a big life, it's going to make you happy. 
There's a lot of people with big houses and big lives that have a lot of emptiness in their heart. Woe to you that laugh now. Now, I don't say, I don't think it's laughing like ha 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 ho 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 jokes with the little kids and having fun, but I think of laughing as it's security. It's feeling like I'm okay, like everything, I'm safe and I'm, I'm, I'm to myself and I'm not vulnerable at all with the people around me. A lack of security. The more that we're to ourselves, the more that we're isolated from other people, we won't get hurt. It's a lie that won't fulfill, that's not going to give us a life of happiness. And lastly, woe to you when men speak well of you. Status. Climbing the corporate ladder. Having people look up to us for who we are or what we do or like the persona that we put out there that doesn't give us happiness. In fact, Thomas Aquinas, whenever whenever he was talking, when he was thinking about these things, once said that if we want true happiness, what we need to really look is the cross. Like if we believe that Jesus is who he says he is, if we believe the teachings that he gives us, if he says that happy are those who do not have now because you will, Jesus is the perfect example on the cross of the Beatitudes. He's the summation of all the Beatitudes on the cross. Because if you look at him, he doesn't have status. In fact, his status is what put him there. He doesn't have power. He's nailed to a cross and he's weak. He doesn't have, he's not full because he's been drinking vinegar and that's it. (laughs) And he's surely not rich because this isn't how they killed rich people. When we look at the Lord on the cross, we get an expression of what it means to be truly happy because we see a model of the Beatitudes laid out before us, revealing to us of what it really means. Like if you want to be rich, embrace poverty. Learn from those who are poor. Share in their struggle. If you want to have status, Don't worry about the worldly titles and different things in the corner office and windows. If you want to have status, run to him. He was given a mockery of a crown, but it's a crown that is transformed in glory on the cross. For all of us, y'all, like this is the way in which, this is the contradiction of the Christian life. This is what doesn't make sense about the Christian life, that the more we give ourselves away, the more we gain. That the more we run to our Lord and abandon all of the worldly stuff, the more we get. I think many Christians in the world today, there's this this idea of, if I'm going to follow Jesus, I'm going to get something back now. And that's a lie. If that's the case, then the cross shouldn't exist. If that's the case, then our Lord came to die for nothing. We, came, we come into this world. We are born into this world. We are brought into the church, not so that we can rise to power, but that the Lord can bless us in our poverty. 
Lastly, if we want to be full, if we're hungry and we want to be full, Jesus is the fulfillment of it. Like today, as we come to Mass, the Lord is going to feed us with His body and blood. He's going to feed us with His flesh. He's going to feed us with Himself. And in reality, the Eucharist is small. <laughs> but, in so, but so much grace and so much power and so much nourishment is packed in to that small package for every one of us. When we receive the Eucharist with, with devotion, when we receive the Eucharist with an, with an eye to heaven beyond this world, we're strengthened to, to a level that we would never imagine. We receive eternity into our mouth. <laughs> and then we're sent out to proclaim it. Today, as we come to receive the Eucharist, as we come to partake in one of, the, one of these contradicting signs, may we be small so that He can make us powerful. May we be, may we be poor so that the Lord can make us rich. May we be low so that He can raise us up. And may, may we come with a hunger that only He can satisfy.